Hello and welcome to a special edition of the In The Money Players Podcast. This is a show for racing happening on Monday, August 1st. That's right, a Monday show for us. We don't get to do that too often outside of a big holiday weekends, but we're going to be doing them every day in August. I'm your host, Peter Thomas Fornital, back with you from the little house on the east side, but we're not talking about the racing that's going to be happening down the block here in Saratoga Springs. We're going to be talking about racing happening in the Mid-Atlantic, specifically this Mid-Atlantic pick four between Monmouth Park and Colonial Downs. And to do that with you, I feel like I have the two perfect people. They've been on this show together a lot, talking about racing in Texas yeah, we won't go there uh, for this show. We're going to be be sticking to uh, sticking to these mid Atlantic races. We'll start by introducing a woman who's been everywhere on your your simulcast feed, on social media, on the In the Money Media Network. I haven't been bothering her too much lately because I'm worried she's just got too much going on. But for this, I had to reach out to Jessica Paquette. Yeah. Jessica, how are things? I always have time for you. <laughs> we like it. We like it. How have things been going down there at the meet so far? It's been great. Uh, I mean, it's a lot of fun when you put big fields, low takeout, a lot of things together and some nice horses. Um, there have been some good payouts, some really exciting races. It's been a super meet so far. And speaking of people with 17 jobs who are too busy, our next guest, you know him from the work he does over at InTheMoneyPodcast.com, covering Saratoga, also the fantastic notebook he's been putting together for the races on the InTheMoneyPodcast.com slash plus side, but you also know him from the work he's been doing on our late week shows, often with Dallas Baker talking about Monmouth Park and the fixed odds betting and the win early pick five new wager for him to talk about today. Here is Nick Tamaro. Nick, what's up? Doing great, Pete. Glad to be with you to talk about uh, any kind of fun, new, innovative bet with a low takeout. I'm on board. Was your phone blowing up on Saturday, Nick? I had several people reach out to me and tell me they hit the win early pick five because of your uh, help. I had I got some congratulations on Twitter. You know, there's no love like Twitter love, so it's uh, <laughs> it was quite uh, quite welcome. Um, yeah, between that and the the fourteen to one Safi Joseph wire to wire winner that was the play of the day on Nick's notebook plug for in the money plus non subscribers. It was a good first half of the day. Yeah, not too bad at all. I mean, I have to say, I mean, we don't do a lot of, we try not to be touty at all, but I have to say the show that we did on Saturday for, for the Saturday races, it was, doesn't matter what jurisdiction you're in. It was pretty much, uh, it was pretty much winner after winner. Thanks so much to Mark Kramer for coming on, Drew Coatney with his excellent Woodbine analysis as well. Uh, and, and the work, of course, that we already talked about that you did at Monmouth. Anyway, pays to listen. Hopefully it's going to pay to listen to this show. First, though, let's back up a second and talk about what this Mid-Atlantic Pick 4 is. Jessica, I'll let you describe it. So it's a way to get everyone engaged. We'll cover two races at Monmouth, two at Colonial on Monday. It all happens in about an hour window, too. So it's a nice, quick way to get a horizontal wager in, and the takeout's 15%. So one of the best deals in town. Player-friendly and uh, 50 cent minimum for those that, that want to spread around. And we've seen with these cross-track rate wagers that they, for whatever reason, are not a place where you tend to see the most uh, computer money. So in terms of game selection, definitely one that I'm interested in. Before we dive into the specifics of the sequence, I'm going to throw an idea out there. I have a date penciled in on the calendar that we may do a bus trip from Saratoga for one of these Mondays. I think it's going to be, if it works out, it's going to be August 15th, Monday, August 15th. If you're interested in taking a bus 
from Saratoga down to Monmouth Park, let me know. Reach out oh, to I me. I thought you meant you come to Colonial. I got so excited. <laughs> You're the worst. I That's a hell of a know. bus ride, Jess. It is a long I bus ride, but it could be a fun road trip. God, way to get a girl excited. <laughs> Jesus. Well, I'll tell you what, if this works, we'll, we'll, we'll think about doing the overnight. We're doing an overnight. We're not doing a day trip to, 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 you know, colonial, sure. but we, we, worth, we, well we could make, worth the time in the car. Or perhaps we can borrow your, your private plane. <laughs> yeah. I just teleport at this point. That's, <laughs> but it should be fun. If you're interested in this, probably the best thing to do is reach out to me through the contact page over at inthemoneypodcast.com. But if you just want to hit me up on Twitter, at Looms Boldly, that could work too. But it sounds like we have some serious interest from some parties who I think we can, we can get this um, get this going. It'll either be a free bus ride or maybe we'll ask for a, a small donation to the Thoroughbred Retirement Foundation for those who want to spend the day. And I, I will personally be, be bartending on the party bus. That much I can assure you. Let's talk about this wager, folks. Just one more time to button that up. Monday, August 15th. That's the day. Let me know if you're interested. Extra interest in this will definitely help make it happen. It may be happening anyway. We'll move on to this wager. It starts off 417 with Monmouth's sixth race. And if I say anything wrong, Jessica or Nick, correct me. But 417, this window starts. In terms of past performances, for this week, you, you, if you're a DRF person, you're doing it old school. You're going into the PPs and you're looking. There is an Equibase PP package available, though. Is that right, Jessica? Is that what you sent along? Is that where those were from? I believe, I believe that it, that is. I got that from the folks at Colonial. I am, as a rule, a DRF person, so I'll be going old school. Gotcha. We can flip between the two, but just so folks know, you might. it's not like you're going to go there necessarily and, and see this thing. You might have to do a little bit of digging. And uh, that's also the case when you're making these bets. You will not, I think you will not find the bets in the normal drop down menu. You're going to have to look for a special mid Atlantic pick four if you're on a self service machine. I know that. And that makes me think that if you're on an ADW, you're going to look for it as well. So don't leave this to the last minute. Get in there, see what you're looking at. The code for the self-service machines that may or may not be the one for ADWs is just M-I-D-A-T-L-A-N-P-4, Mid-Atlantic Pick 4. Very intuitive and easy. So check that out. But let's get to the races. And again, race six is where we begin. We've got a field of eight going postward at Monmouth Park. Nick Tamara will bring you back in to get your thoughts on what you want to play to light this candle. Yeah, you know, it, this looks like a, a pretty good opportunity for a couple of horses that had the misfortune of chasing home Rough Sea last time out, Flowers for Lisa and Awesome Launch. They each uh, have, I think, the, the credentials that you'd look for in a horse that could win this race. It looks as if the speed is a little suspect. Pointer is likely to get the early lead. I think that he'll get some some competition from friendly fella and or respect for all those horses just when push comes to shove look like lesser awesome launches back on relatively short rest nine days after racing on Haskell day. And he kind of ran in the middle of the card where things got really strong for the rail and anybody on the inside. And I think he was disadvantaged by that. He's still a horse that'll offer some value, I think, because his body of work is not all that great. He's had a couple of brushes with solid efforts and uh, and doesn't exactly come from a, an overwhelmingly high percentage barn. So I'm a little Captain Obvious here. I'd mainly use the two and three. I don't quite trust Friendly Fella to get the soft trip that he did last time out when victorious. And I do think when push comes to shove that recency is on the side of the two and three. 
Jessica, how do you see it? I mean, Nick, you pretty much summed it up, except I'm going to go even shorter here. I think I really don't see anyone else except number two flowers for Lisa. I think he gets really the pace he wants. Big fan of the Douglas Nunn barn. I know this is a barn you're not seeing a ton of ton of statistics for, but he and his brother David have been good horsemen for decades. And I think I think this horse off of that last race and off of the likely pace setup with some horses that have some speed. But I, again, I don't really trust them on the front end. I think Flowers for Lisa single move on for me. All right, there you go. Pretty narrow to kick things off in the Mid Atlantic pick four. And then we zip down to Colonial Downs and we get some stakes action here, which is kind of cool. In the seventh race at Colonial, which goes at 433, the House Buster, uh, it's a handicap, it looks like, seven furlongs on the dirt for this one. And Jessica, will keep it with you. Now, this race is almost great in stakes quality. This is such a good group of horses. Number two, Conagher. I'm not really reinventing the wheel here, but I thought he ran a dynamite race in the Iowa Derby, considering this is a horse that Looked like he had some distance limitations and has kind of answered that. Yes, he does. I talked to Mike Tomlinson actually a couple of days after the race. He came out of the race great. They just needed to cut him back. It was um, two turns was too much for him. And cutting back to a sprint, I think seven furlongs is his sweet spot. He likes this track. And while he's going to have some company out front, he is a little bit tactical and rateable if necessary. One point I do want to mention, and I'm curious how the track plays as the week starts. We saw the main track play a little favorable to closers last week. We got a lot of rain. The track got sealed. And there was some more rain in Virginia over the weekend. So the track dries out pretty quickly. But again, we did see it play pretty kindly to closers um, Tuesday and Wednesday of last week. Interesting note, something to keep an eye on. Conagher certainly looking like a horse that'll be well suited by the cutback in distance, setting hot fractions, opening up four, only to get run down by uh, Ain't Life Grand the last day. You standing alone here, Jessica? No, I'm going to use the Grand Motion horse, number nine, Zadip, who I will admit I'm just kind of a little seduced by this horse's pedigree. Uh, the dam is Zaftig, Grand Dam is Zaftig. These were really, really fun race mares to watch. And this one looks like a real talent. Um, his last race was very impressive. I think he is certainly an offspring of Tappet, where it's maybe taking him a couple of starts to really put it all together, but he couldn't have been more professional last time. It is an interesting pedigree, and Tappet looking to uh, increase that number of all-time stakes winners. It's, it's an insane number. I don't have it at the ready, but it's an insane number for our friends over at Gainesway. Nick Tamro, we bring you back in to get your thoughts on this Monday stakes action. Yeah, you know, I, I I wish they took this race in the Amsterdam and merged it and just put seventeen or so in, of them into the gate and made it one big happy family. It would be would be a lot of fun. UK this is, style. Yeah, this is a good group. Um, you know, Conagher's a horse that I noticed when he when he won that race at Keeneland and then saw him come back and win as impressively as he did next time out at Churchill. Kind of wondered if he might be headed for graded stakes at sprint distances. The Iowa Derby experiment. My only concern about that is that. A lot of times, very fast speed horses, when they're asked to do that, uh, their speed is not quite as robust in their next start. And I don't know how much Conagher can be as effective without the lead. Um, and I don't, I'm not altogether certain he's going to get the lead. Now, pace figure wise, he should get the lead. There should be no, there should be nothing stopping him from uh, from getting the lead um, with Scaramouche, even with Scaramouche and Old Homestead in the field. I also think there's a possibility that this race gets very quick early. And if that happens, I do think there are a couple of horses you want to open yourself up to, maybe more as backups. Conagher is definitely an A. One horse that I'm going to use that's going to be a big price as an A as well is Lohiko. And I know this horse looks slow on speed figures for Antonio Sano, who has not had any success 
really so far a colonial, but this is a horse that was good enough to get on the travel squad and go up to Churchill when uh, he brought up uh, a simplification for the Derby. And he ran in an absolute shark tank in the opener on, uh, on Kentucky Derby day. That was won by Congressman warrior, Johnny King, Ottoman gasoline were in that field, all very, very nice horses. King Ottoman came out of it and won a stake race at Lone Star. So I think this horse might be one that, that, you know, push comes to shove. He probably can only, it's probably more of a placing chance, but I want to give him an opportunity to win this race at a big price and be alive in, in the ticket. Um, I also thought that, uh, that Zatip as, uh, Jessica brought up is probably a horse that's going to be taken back to make one run. He gets LASIK for the first time as well. The horse that I really have no read on because it's hard to have one is editorial comment for Kenny. McKee, I'm so intrigued by this horse. Yeah. Making his first start in North America. You have a, a bit of a feeling that this horse is probably just going to sit back and make one run. And, you know, McPeak has been so good buying horses over the years from uh, South America. I, I don't really want to be beaten by this horse. I don't also think that he offers a great amount of appeal at four to one or nine to two. Interesting idea. Maybe a backup for you, two, three, yeah. nine on the top line, the six on the B line kind of thing. Yes, I think that's exactly how I'd approach it. It's interesting. Timeform US, for whatever reason, has editorial comment as uh, as unraced. I assume DRF has it correct. DRF has it correct. I know um, when Jason and I were going through this race for our pre-show, uh, his Brisnet PPs had him as unraced, which... Um, yeah, he, he has raced four times, uh, three wins, a couple, uh, a single, no, two, two graded stakes in Argentina. Yeah, that's, that's a, that's a big miss, but the data, the data. Horse racing. I mean, to me, that is just the, like peak horse racing, right? <laughs> well, anyway, folks listening to this show know this is one that you might want to keep an eye on, at least as a backup. Let's head back to Monmouth Park for leg C. We've got these $12,000 claimers, fillies and mares, three-year-old and up going one mile on the turf. Jessica, we'll let you start off this Monmouth race. Who do you like in this field? You know, I have an awful hard time getting past Kitten with a whip here. Uh, I know that I'm having kind of a chalky, really conservative start to this ticket, but... I think this this mare looks really well meant here coming in off the claim, obviously likes the surface, kind of checks all the boxes, really. And and, and a sexy name too. I mean you can't you can't really go you can't really go too wrong with getting with a whip. Any backups? Uh, again, I'm just gonna single here. I'm gonna go pretty deep in the last leg, so this is a way to keep my ticket pretty moderate if I can live through it. Looking looking to keep things under control. Nick Tamro, how about you? Are you about kitten with a whip here? Um, I think Kitten with a Whip is definitely one of the one of the ones, so to speak, and one that you want to include. She's been she's really got a nose for the wire, as she's shown in her last two starts. Um, she did get a very very favorable trip last time out at Monmouth, and and I thought that that uh, probably worked to her advantage. But she's also a filly that can stay close, and and that I think helps her work out her trip. With that said, and and you know, with all due respect to Brad Thomas, who makes the morning line, I think Pugilist is is a very clear favorite in this race. Um, this is a huge drop from, from 30 down to 12, five for Jose Delgado. And I mean, I know that the majority of them were at Tampa, but even going back to her 2021 Mammoth races, I mean, they were, they were very good. The concern of course, is that she wants to be forwardly placed. There is a little bit of speed. Otherwise you don't know which one of these stretch outs on the outside, like daddy's joy or side reel might show some speed out of the gate. Senseless drama is one way speed as well, but I didn't really have a lot of concern about pugilist sitting a little bit off the pace and pouncing on him late. I was just going to make this a, a two number one, three and, and go on with it from there. All right, one three for Nick. Jessica standing alone with the one. 
fixed odds wise, do you have any insight into how the prices are going to open up or have you not had that conversation yet? That conversation has not taken place yet. I can tell you what my recommendations were on it. And I have the pugilist at what Dallas would say, $2.80 and kitten with a whip around $3.60. So that uh, will get merged with the algorithm that is generated uh, on a daily basis. And we'll have a final price up. Usually he gets the prices up at night for the following day and lets wagering open up with the app. That's a bit more uh, of an accelerated process. So that's the, uh, and just for anybody who's following along, talking about the first leg of this pick four, fixed odds wise, should be looking at flowers for Lisa around uh, $3, an awesome launch, $4, somewhere in that vicinity. So two, two to one and three to one, two to one respectively to there. Exactly. That'll be another very fun aspect if we can make this August 15th trip happen. For many people, it will be their first opportunity to bet fixed odds. So that'll be uh, that'll be a cool, a cool little wrinkle. Uh, when we make that happen. Again, just holler at me through the contact page in the moneypodcast.com and let me know if you're interested. This pay leg for the Mid-Atlantic pick four is race number eight at Colonial. 501 is the schedule post time. We've got three and up maiden special weights going one mile on the turf. We do have some first time starters in here that, that will uh, make life a, a little bit interesting, shall we say. Jessica will ask you the key question. How are we going to get paid? I, this is such an interesting leg. I think there are some really nice horses in this race. So I have a couple of A selections and then, then some B horses that I'm going to try to explain why I'm using them. But my top selection is the seven Dear Santa pedigree to hit the ground running. He's a half brother to a stakes winning juvenile. Also that horse four left more than the um, UAE 2000 guineas, a lot of turf influence, a lot of stamina, solid work tab kind of checks every box there. I also really like the five master of the Senate, the first of five foals to race from a, an unraced dam. The dam, however, is a full sister to grade one winning millionaire declaration of war, kind of a bunch of other stakes horses in the pedigree as well. Solid work tab um, really looks worth a look here. I'm also using street fight for the Tomlinson barn. Good second. This horse obviously has some ability getting harder and harder to key on top here, but he's getting one more chance. He has effective tactical speed. I think he's knocking on the door. And then two other horses, uh, number 11, Tepper. The Kelsey Danner Barn has been very live this season. These maidens are coming out very well prepared, very well spotted. And a big long shot in number 10, guaranteed spec. He actually came up to the races last week. And from the moment this horse walked into the paddock, I kind of had an inkling something was about to go very sideways with him. He just, uh, his body language was very bad. He eventually liberated himself from the paddock and then ran a, a solid two laps around the racetrack before our very good outriders could catch him. Oh my goodness. Yeah, he was it was like a full on scene. Um he was he had intentions on liberating himself again from the second he walked into the paddock. Like he was one that I was keeping my eye on the entire time because I thought something was gonna happen and I didn't want to get smushed. Um <laughs> <laughs> but this horse has a ton of turf influence in his pedigree. Like by Caraconti, that first race on the colonial turf on July 19th really wasn't that bad, actually. He kind of showed some interest, got over the surface well. So I think if he can, you know. Uh, get to the gate. I think he's interesting at a big price. I buy it. Moved into the hot pace, stretched out with the distance says should be the thing. Now, fourth leg of the pick four, you don't have the opportunity to hear what Jessica has to say in the paddock and make sure he's not going to go mental again, but certainly seems like one worthy of inclusion at a, at a 15 to one price on the morning line. Nick, Jessica's spreading in here. Seven, five, 12. I wrote on the A line, uh, 11 and 10 on the B line. Where are you going? Yeah, it's a tricky race because, as Jessica mentioned, Street Fight is collecting excuses left and right. Um, 
I do think it was last time out. I mean, just quite simply, Joe Rocco pulled the trigger a little early. And and I think it's one of those where this, that was also the very first race of the meet. And I think as riders adjust to different racetracks, you realize that Colonial, I mean, really the only place that, that Colonial can compare to, in my opinion, is Belmont. And, you know, you, you're halfway to three quarters of the way around the far turn at a place like Colonial, and you've got much more to go than you do at basically any other racetrack in America, not called Belmont Park. And so I think he pulled the trigger a little early. The Happy Giant was able to run him down late. That was his first start for Mike Tomlinson. I think there was, uh, he certainly validated the good races he had run for John Stevens because he had run well for John Stevens on multiple occasions. But, you know, there are obvious drawbacks, right? He's got the far outside post, which is not ideal. I do think that the 11 Tepper the blinkers coming off, I think, is a good move for Kelsey Danner. I think this horse will be more relaxed early, and I'm encouraged by him sitting back to make one run. I think he was a little too in the mix early last time out. And there, with three horses on the inside, one of whom has already shown speed going long and the other two stretching out, it feels like this pace could get very quick, and that's something I think that you want to adjust to with your wagering. And so I'm going to use the 5, 8, 11, and 12 as A's. I've got kind of a skinny ticket otherwise and and back up with the uh, – the two, six, and seven, and uh, hope that we get alive there and have plenty of options. All right, that's the plan anyway. Very much of a spready leg in this night. Well, it's not really a nightcap. The pay leg of the Mid-Atlantic Pick 4. Really appreciate you both chiming in here, giving thoughts on this. I'm excited to play it. It's going to be a fun, fun thing to do Monday from the pool at Saratoga. We encourage everybody to do the same. We will reconvene this panel next week. And just one more time, Jessica and Nick, thank you so much. Good luck, everyone. Thanks for having me, Pete. Yep. Good luck, everybody. That's going to do it for this edition of the show, which was, of course, brought to you by the Mid-Atlantic Pick 4, specifically our friends at Monmouth Park. Throwing an extra thank you to Brian Skirk. Always such a pleasure doing business with him. This show has been a production of In The Money Media. Our business manager is Drew Coatney. Our chief creative officer is Jonathan Kinchin. I'm Peter Thomas Fornatal. May you win all your photos.